Mike presenting Ronnie with one year. Cool. I'm a recovery alcoholic. My name is Mike Chase. Hey, Mike. And I have an imaginary one-year medallion here in my hand <laughs> for this guy. Um, this guy, I bumped into him at some big book meetings a couple of years ago, and there was just that something about this guy that God said to me, I'm going to be working with this guy someday, you know. And he had a few more white chips along the way and a few more bounces and bubbles, and uh, I've been working with this guy for months on end now. We've got him through the steps. He's a uh, He's working with guys. He's got great grand sponsors. This is the guy, just like Ben, who probably shouldn't be sober, but he's in rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, he's in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. He did what the book outlined. He does what the book continues to. He's going to talk a little bit about what he did. But this is, these are the guys that Alcoholics Anonymous, Contemporary A, sort of writes off. He's had too many white chips. You know, he's not big on making coffee. He doesn't show up, but... He, the reason he was relapsing, he was, we call him the chronic relapser, he's actually just was chronically untreated. He was getting middle-of-the-road non-alcoholic treatment for a real addict alcoholic. Mm. This is what happens when you do the work. This guy's amazing. You want to get up here and tell him how you did it, Buckaroo? <laughs> Look at his tattoos on the fingers. <laughs> Uh, I'm Ronnie, I'm a recovered alcoholic. Hey, Ronnie. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, uh, you know, everything Mike Chase said was true. Um, you know, I came to Delray in, like, 2009, and nobody really, I mean, like, maybe somebody presented me with a solution, and I didn't hear it, but I, I started hearing a lot of don't drink, go to meetings and everything, and um, I just bounced in and out all over the place. And, um, you know, I, I soon found, like, it wasn't until I found somebody that actually presented me with the solution found in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, a.k.a. God, um, that something changed within my life, you know, and, uh, you know, it all started, you know, this this uh, journey with a spiritual transformation, it had to start with some information, you know, and I had to realize that I was drowning, you know, and if I didn't realize I was drowning, I was never going to reach out for that life raft for help, um, you know, which is step two, basically, and then so on and so forth for the rest of the work. Um, you know, and basically, like, I just sat down, read the book with my chase, and then I continued to do it with other guys, and uh, here I am, like, almost 13 months later, and, uh, and if, like, if that's all it takes, and, you know, uh, and I just hated the idea of God coming into here, I didn't want anything to do with it, because I, you know, grew up, uh, Catholic school, and you would, you would tell me ideas about, uh, you know, Jonah and the whale, and I, you know, it would, hurt my sensitive intellect so much I couldn't swallow it you know I could just be like I just don't want to do this this is too much um you know for anybody that has a problem with God like um all I can say is to just go in with an open mind and what if you know that was what was told to me what if and um I started associating God with a feeling and if that was sufficient enough to overcome alcoholism then you know I'm the living proof of it right here so thank you I don't know if we have any more. I don't think so. <laughs> the floor is yours now, Mike. Okay, thanks. Hi again. I'm recovered alcoholic Mike Chase. Mike Chase. Um, we got a visitors from uh, Daytona down here tonight because they heard Peter Emma doing a step series here. Oh man. I know. Get the. It's going to see the. It's like going to see Leonard Skinner and seeing Bob Hillbilly Band. Instead, um, basically. So hopefully, I'll hopefully I'll be able to give some good information to these guys. I'm honored you guys are here, and everybody else. Is, I'm honored you're here. It's really an honor to be 
recovered today. You know, we're going to be kicking into steps eight, touching a little bit of nine, working off a little six and seven. But this is the point in my life where when my life starts to skyrocket. This is where, where everything kicks off. Every, all the work I put into this place starts to show up, you know. It's been a while now that in, in the process that uh, I've considered getting high. You know, it's, a, it's been a while since I've had the obsession, you know, my life is getting better. Um, I'm not really living the promises that we're going to get ninth step yet. You know, a lot of guys get confused with those promises three weeks into the rehab and you're no longer hungover, you got a place, you got a bath, you know, you're cleaned up. It's like, dude, I'm living the promises. And it's like, no, that's just what normal people normally feel like. <laughs> there's, still a, there's still a heck of a lot more work to do. And that's, you know, it's sort of interesting. We, we're, we're covering three, four, five, six, and seven in the past, wow, five-ish weeks, you know, unless I don't know how to count. Um, I don't. Which is what got me in a position where I'm actually connected back with God. You know, I had that billboard or that chalkboard with everything that was blocking me from God that I thought was keeping me from God. All the, all the shameful stuff that I did that was keeping me con- not connected from God. I find out that the whole time God was just there waiting. This guy's got this little dog, just this adorable little um, puppy. And when he's working with guys, he likes to open the door and sort of say, here comes God. Because this dog just comes running into him. He's jumping on him, all love, no conditions, just complete love. And it's like, wow. And that's what I'm finding God turned out to be for me. You know, I was raised with the conception that God was going to be, you know, checking me. Like Santa Claus only with power to kill. Um, and that was, that was really causing me issues in life, you know. So we got into the fact that, you know, I was a recovered alcoholic. Um, step one, Mike Chase, you're going to drink. There's nothing I can do about it. That's, that's the fact. I'm not going to do anything on my own. All my attempts to try and control and enjoy my drinking were pointless. I came to rooms like this, and I sat down with somebody who brought me through the book, and I got step two. You know, I came to believe that this shit's going to work for me. Excuse me. This dude is actually going to work for me. I heard some really good war stories. I heard a lot of, lot of stuff that's going on, and it was like, yeah, but I really couldn't relate to too much of it. It wasn't until I was sitting down one-on-one with another alcoholic, and it took probably... Forward to the first, doctor's opinion, Bill's story, and there's a solution for, for me to start actually getting what step two is all about. You know, I learned that I was screwed, but I also realized that there was hope. And the guy I'm sitting next to, we're having conversations. You know, I, when these guys are reading with me, it's not like, Mike Chase, go home and read the, read, the, read the chapter and we'll talk about it five minutes before meeting. It wasn't like that. We sat down and read the book one-on-one with each other. I'm developing this relationship with this guy, and we're having conversation, and I'm realizing this guy's a bigger dirtbag as me, and this guy also had the problem of once he picks up, he can't control, and when he doesn't even have it in him, he can't decide whether he's not going to have it or not. So I got that second step that God was going to do something for me. There's a solution. talks all about where the God thing came from. It, was, it wasn't just like something, cool, I got the God thing. It's something I had to deal with myself to get that started and kickstart, you know, take the stuff that's blocking me from that God relationship. So I went through the third step prayer and giving myself over as far as I knew to God because my old, my old belief stru- structure of being a lying, cheating, stealing, low-life, self-centered, inconsiderate, self-serving dirtbag was not working for me. All I do is look at some history and where do we figure that out in the fourth step? I saw who was actually showing up what kind of guy I was. I remember, I started off as a good kid. My mom's holding me in her arms. You know, she looks down, she just sees the glorious of God, you know? 
and I'm this little toddler. I'm just this wonderful kid. I'm just happy, joyous, and free, you know. And then I start to steal a little, you know, and I get caught once in a while. So instead of not stealing, I figure out how to do it without getting caught. That was my great thing I could do. Um, how to manipulate and lie to people. That became the course of my life. So not even knowing that I've written God off, but I've said, God, screw you, I'm going off on my own. It just happened over this very short period of time. So by doing a four-step, I started to figure out what I was doing in my life that was keeping me constantly too busy to have a relationship with God. I had all these false ideas and beliefs. And like he was saying earlier, the concept that I had of God was completely miscued. I stopped thinking about God when I was or having relationships with God when I was probably seven, eight, or nine. I stopped really thinking about it. And then... You know, drinking and smoking pot, I just never really knew it. I did acid a few times hoping to find God. That didn't work and stuff like that. <laughs> but my whole conception of God was just a, was based off a 12-year or an 8 or 9-year-old, you know, doing coloring books with Jesus and stuff like that and singing, singing songs. It wasn't working for me. So I got this fifth step where I'm working with this guy who's honestly looking the kind, showing me how I'm showing up, what my life really looks like. Because before the fourth and fifth step, I thought I was this really nice guy, very well-intended, great opportunities, but I was misunderstood, and if, if things had just sort of worked out the way I planned it to work, things were going to be good. <coughs> fourth step, I realized that's a crock of shit. Fifth step, I finally realized with somebody else pointing out other things that I don't see. Now, as I'm going through my fifth step with this guy, he's got a little piece of paper, Oh, I wish I had that list of character defects. That was fun. Remember that one? <laughs> that was good. He's got this little he start writing stuff down, you know? He's writing out a character de- defect here and there. And he's also writing down occasionally a name. You know, something in the conversation that it's not really written down there, but he's got this name, and I'm going like, okay, cool. See, I'm a sponsor now, so I know what he's doing. You know, we're writing down names from people that we're going to talk about when we get into the A-step amends, which is where I'm going to eventually get us up to. And the, the cool thing about the A-step amends, it's so basic. Clickety-click, click, boom move on. So I got to sort of build up to what got me to even get in the position to do that. Because before step four, I was a complete liar. Everything that happened was rationalized, minimized, and pushed to the side. Four step, I'm not writing the four step. God has, I've allowed God to come inside me, and I'm writing this stuff down with God. And it wasn't like in 84 when I'm writing stuff down to try and freak out a counselor, because that's what we did when we were adolescent kids. 24, remember, adolescent care, you know, with a bunch of other kids doing four steps. That's was an unusual thing. So um, last time I did my four-step was uh, about a year ago. And it, was, and it was an amazing opportunity for me to see if I had gone off in a different direction, or as we say, sideways. But you know, when I'm working with my guys and we're doing the fifth step, we're, we're writing down the names, we're, we're seeing who was showing up, and what my major character defects were for the main purpose of I'm blocked from God. You know, try, how can I say this delicately? <sighs> who texts and drives? Cool. Have you ever and have you ever like driven someplace and all of a sudden get to the destination and you're like, oh, how'd I get here? <laughs> now, I used to think that was blackout, but I was sober. You know, just like complete. So, so I've got all this stuff going on that I don't even know about it. You know, we got this thing that's called the God thing. One of my guys likes to call it God's little Valium. It's uh, it's 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 a short-term meditation. You know, we've already been doing meditation with these guys, so we've been doing this on and off. And this is just a, a quick two-minute little wind-down, just sort of like some breathing, block everything out, and it, it's very great stress reliever. And so we've got this thing, so I'm connected to God. And when I come out of that thing, I'm just like, oh, this is cool, because what's not going on? 
I'm not worrying about the past. I'm not worrying about the future. As a matter of fact, I'm not even in the, min in the minute because I'm just sort of concentrating on my breathing. And I just feel this peace and ease, which I had to use to go to cocaine, which made me all squirrely, so I'd have a lot of teal. It was trying to roll me down. You know? So I think I'm getting peace and ease, ease and peace from drugs and alcohol, but I'm not. It's just this thing kicks in. So now I've got this opportunity to get connected to God. So I did this fist step, and I get all this stuff out on paper. And then I go and I spend an hour with God, you know, reviewing the program up to this point. Is, did I get rushed through the step process? Did I, am I, am I full of shit? You know, is it, am I just doing this to, you know, to, to check off that I did the steps? You know, there's people that go through the steps just say, I did the steps. Mm -hmm. There's other programs out there where it's like, i got to get through the steps. I did the steps at this place, you know. Am I doing these steps with one intention and one purpose? To develop a new relationship with God. You know, the whole purpose of this is for me to rebuild that relationship that I, had, that I used to have with God that I no longer have. So I had to make sure I was on honest footing. So I'm processing everything before I even go into step six. Did I leave anything out? Am I full of shit? Am I not sure of something? You know, this is the time where you can call up the sponsor, talk to the sponsor, and say, you know, I'm, I'm not really 100% sure about this whole phenomenon of craving thing. This is the time to deal with this stuff because there's some major work coming on. Once again, we're not going to do a good four-step unless we, we're pretty convinced that our previous life isn't working. I need to get to work because the step process is work. We were just talking to some guy on the way up here. He's, he's been through the work, and he's hesitating on the working with people. You know, It's not like I just go, boom, dude, you're sober for the rest of your life. Go with God and have peace. You know? This stuff takes work. Every morning, for me, I have to get up and turn my life over to God. I have prayer and meditation. You know, this is, there's, a, there's a process to stay sober. In 84, remember, I had the white light experience, and boom, I, I, I managed to stay really connected to God for a year, but over the next 14 years, I turned into a dirtbag again, you know. So I'm working on this process to get me connected to God. So I've got my fifth step. I go into my sixth step, and I look at my fifth step honestly and say, hmm, conniving, manipulative, a user, blatant thief yeah don't need that shit no more do I because that's the stuff that's been holding me back the book says specifically if we've emphasized willingness to be indispensable are you now ready to let God remove all of these things which have admittedly objectionable this isn't me just taking back control of my life I've given my life over to God and this is I'm just not telling God this is the stuff I have to get rid of it's like God I'm yours you know this is the stuff that's really bothering me I think do something with it, you know? And I do that in step seven. It's like, God, here, take me, all of me. And I like this part, good and bad. Because I'm a good guy today. And remember we talked, this is me without character defects, and my character defects are over here, you know? Some days, I, you ever get up and not pray and meditate? Mm -hmm. Day sort of sucks, you know? Yeah. Guess what? Those little character defects are really close, you know? Mm -hmm. In the morning, what I do now, the first thing I do is some of these little eye, brown eyes. By the way, where's all the girls? I'm so not a, I used to think I was a chick magnet, but God, absolutely not. Shouldn't have shaved the beard. Speaking of the craziness, right? Um, God, divorce me from selfish self-centeredness, right? It's, it's so I'm I'm, I wake up in the morning as a self-centered, egotistical little brat, you know? So I ask God right away to do that for me. This is all about God. Everything we're going to be doing for the next five weeks is going to be asking and turning over to God because I'm, I'm past the bump. Remember the other day we said we're like over step six, we're going downhill now? 
I've got God in my life. I'm connected to God. I got six and seven. I'm feeling good. Be careful with your guys when they're six and seven because they're going to go do some really crazy stuff because they think they're doing God's work. <laughs> and they still got a little crazy going on, you know, and, the, and you got to sort of keep your guys with, you know, sort of hurt them and keep an eye on them and stuff. At least my sponsors, I have to do with my guys. Some of the stuff they come up with. Um, so I've turned my life over to God, you know. So imagine if I was going to go into steps eight and nine without taking care of my character defects. I did that. Good. I, I knew that was going to end up eventually. Not pointing at him for that. I just remember what it was. Um, 1984, white light experience. Hazelton, crap. You know, filling out those little books and not even know what I'm doing, you know. Could have hit me with a stick. Hazelton had nothing to do with the fact of me having a white light experience, you know. But they told me to continue on with some stuff. And I got some six and seven booklets or the six, seven book. I'm not sure. Sort of fiddled with it and pushed it away. And then eight and nine, why? You know, it's like somebody told me once that you don't have to make amends to your parents because they're the ones who created you and it's their ride. I like this guy. As a matter of fact, that guy, I heard that once. I think that, that guy was actually my sponsor for a while because I liked that idea of not taking responsibility or being accountable for the shit and cause that I was causing people. I was just like, cool, and everybody else too, you know? <laughs> 15 years, not, not a steps eight or nine, you know? Unless it was convenient. You know, I was like, yeah, dude, sorry. Because I heard people talking about eight and nine type stuff, but I never really had a sponsor guiding me through it, you know? Yeah, sorry, Mom. Stole that money. Cool. I'm just so happy you're sober. Cool. Got away with that one, you know? <laughs> Again. Um, eight and nine without actually doing anything. We can hear what it is in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, but unless we have teamwork with somebody and somebody's going to hold us accountable, it's a crack of doo-doo. You know, I, I got these people I have to go to. This last time I went through this, it's a cool thing about this. The longer you're around and the longer you're sober, the lists get smaller, the people that you deal with. When I came back in, I had, I had this relationship that was just extremely toxic and uh, had, to, had to get me together and have this conversation publicly. You know, because I did not want to be in a private setting. And um, conversation, we're friends today. You know, we can, we can talk, to, talk to each other. That's, that's one of the things that I did. But I had to be willing to do that. So I'm coming off six and seven. I'm glowing with God, right? I'm just on fire. You know? I'm really happy. And I'm dangerous. So you've got to watch out for me, right? So he pulls me aside. <coughs> a week later, a couple days later perhaps. Now we need more action, without which we find that faith without works is dead. See, I'm clean with God. That chalkboard with God is completely clear. i got to walk down the street of my town, you know? And there's going to be people, people coming out of doorways. There's going to be somebody driving by me. And I need to offensively go out and attack this, this situation. Because in order for me to walk like I am today, held high, <coughs> being able to go... I can go anywhere in the country today right now. And not worry about some guy tapping me on the shoulder about, uh, you screwed me over, you, you did this, you did that. Because you know, I've been able to track people down and correct all my wrongs. So I've got this guy who's getting me, sitting me down. Faith without works is dead. I know that's for sure because in 1980s, the 1980s, my whole eight and nine step was a crock of doo-doo. This time he's got this piece of paper. Slides it over to me. Bake four columns. Now this is going to be some mechanics we're going to talk about tonight. The first column is going to be now. These are the people I'm going to put down who just I got to take care of right now that I actually can afford to take care of now, people I can bump into and talk to, um, things that aren't going to like require me talking to an attorney first or maybe setting up with a tax accountant. You know, This is the stuff like sitting down with aunts and uncles, paying the roommates back rent, that type of stuff. You know? So I got the now, 
And then I have the soons. You know, these are the ones, these are a couple hundred dollar ones that I don't have the money on me right now. And it's cool because I, the, the way that I've been able to develop the process of so the amends process, I got some Joe and Charlie mixed in with me because these guys were just so on point on working out the amends process. And then I got my sponsor right now who's just like, cut the shit, get right to it. So I've got this like cool balance going on. Um, so I've got the, the nows, the soons, because logically I can't walk up to you and say, you know, I owed you $800 and I don't have any money today. But I really want to pay you back, you know. I'm going to come and pay you back someday. He's heard that 18 times, hasn't he? Once again, I'm full of shit. I'm not even doing what I'm supposed to do, you know. So, so I'm, I'm prepared to make the amends, but I'm not in a position to make that amends. Now, see, the whole thing about the eight-step list isn't I can, I can't. It's just looking at it honestly. I need to do it and sort of when and where am I going to be able to do it. So I've got the nows, the soons, and then i got the maybes. See, the maybes are sort of, i got to do them, but I don't know where this guy lives. I don't know where this gal lives. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this and not get thrown in jail. All oh, the stories in this part of the book are just amazing, you know? I know I'm going to have to do something, but I really don't know how to do it. But I'm not actually in the amends process. You keep hitting me on the back of the head. Dude, don't make the amends. We're just writing the list. You have to become willing to your list. And then I've got the nevers. Now, these aren't so much the nevers of like, uh-uh, he's, an, he's, a, he's, a total, he's a bigger dirtbag than me and I'm not going to pay him back. That's going to be in my maybes. Nevers I've come across are people who have passed on, people who are dead. You know, how can I make amends to these people who are dead? These are people who I don't have the faintest idea where they are. Mm-hmm. But see, I'm not making a plan of action on how to go out and get these people. I'm just being, coming, I'm becoming honest to my list. How am I going to take care of this stuff? We have a list of all persons we have harmed to whom we're all willing to make amends. There's certain ways that some people do this. The way that I like to do is we just take out the fourth step, start on the amends, and go through everybody's name. And I, one of the things I like to do is I throw a pencil on the ground and say, pick it up, they pick it up, throw it back on the ground, they pick it up. And after eight times, they're really annoyed, you know, and then I pretend I throw it, and I say, pick it up, and they go, there's nothing to pick up. It's like, great. What is an amend? An amend is actually making right something. Now, it's not an apology. It's not, gee, I'm sorry I did this to you. It's an, our attempt to try and correct the situation that we caused. Mm. So I'm going to go to the Word and tell you what it says so we're not confused. <coughs> I like that concept of, of, of making right something. I hate these new glasses, by the way. Amends. A return for something lost or suffered, usually through a fault of another, to set right what is wrong. So I've got this master list of a thing that's called the four step, right? So I start in the resentments, and we just go down each person's name. What would be the motive of correcting this mistake? What needs to mis- you know needs to be corrected? And we just go through the entire. We go through the we go through the through the resentment process. Then we go to fears. I don't have any amends in the fear process. Well, you've got the police down there, don't you? Well, yeah, and you're fearful because you have past warrants and tickets and stuff. It's like, ooh, busted. Got to put the police down because I have to make payments to those guys, that type of thing, you know? Sexual harms. Very careful in the list of the sexual harms. What is the motive behind tracking down the girl who's got 16, uh, what are those warrants or those things where they 
don't, please don't see me again. The, the court ordered. Restraining order. You've had a few. Um, the <laughs> if she's got like restraining orders against you, you can put that name down there. But I bet you when we get down to like working on that ninth step amends, it's going to be like, you might just want to leave her alone. You know, there's there's times where you're going to track some track somebody down and say, you know, I really I didn't steal any money and I harmed you. And there's really nothing I can do to correct it. I can give you an opportunity you know, to, to, to voice some words to me. But when it gets right down to it, you just need to know that I treated you wrong and you deserve better than that. You know? mm. Sometimes that just heals people in relationships. You know, one night stands, two night stands. How many times have we abused people and just over the time we just got to, they deserve better. And for us to like mm. help them a little bit without bringing more harm to it at the same time. This is, the, we were t thinking of words for eight and nine today. One of them, is accountability. That's where I'm working with my sponsees. My sponsor's working with me. And he's checking my list every once in a while. So where are you on the list so far? How's, have you taken care of these amends? Why aren't you working on these amends? He likes to get on me for that kind of stuff. Um, and teamwork. You know, working with other people. So I've got the list. And, and I've got the, the resentment people down, the fears, sexual inventory, messy, and uh, just harms to others, you know? Credit card companies, <laughs> Target, Walmart, neighborhood gas stations, you know, mom's purse, roommate's wallet, all these things just, you know, and not stealing money for them just because of resentment. I'm just stealing because I'm a douchebag. I just was stealing. So I got this whole list of amends, and I have to become honorable to this. And I take it to God, and I work on it, and um, I'm just going to read a little bit out of the book here because this is, the, the book says it so much better than I can right now. You guys give me a minute here. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. We attempt to sweep away the debt, debris which have accumulated on our effort to live life on self-will and run the show our lives. See, I'm walking hand in hand with God. I'm comfortable with God, right? But there's still people out there that are going to be sort of TO'd when they see me. So I need to go out offensively and try to correct the wrong so I'm comfortable with these people and when they you know I can someone likes to say you ride in an elevator with these people you know how many people can count on 10 fingers people they would not want to be stuck in an elevator with mm -hmm. you know yeah those are the people we have to track down because it's, it's yeah. gonna God's gonna give you that opportunity and the cool thing about the eight step list we're not actually going out and doing it we're just sitting down and talking about it you know this is what I did what was the motive behind why I did it and what's my repair what can I do to correct this so you're driving down the road and you pull into uh, Taco Bell and guess who's standing in front of you somebody that you've wronged well I'm already I'm already in a position to start making some form of amend because I've dealt with it. I, it's not something that's getting me sideways. You know, remember when Bill, when Bill did this, um, the world was a little different. It was a lot smaller, you know. Bill basically lived in the neighborhood where he worked with the banker, you know, the grocer, uh, the bakery guy. His, uh, everybody in his little neighborhood was people he was going to see on a day-to-day -day basis. And for the past years, those are the people he's been screwing off left and right. So he can't really walk down the street without somebody popping out of the door going, yeah, Bill, Mike, or Bill W. or Mike Chase, you slame ball, you know. So if we are prepared when those things happen, I don't get sideswiped, which could cause me to maybe freak out. Who knows, maybe lose some spiritual and go get drunk. You know, this, is, this is protecting myself, but it's also you know, making God's children whole again, you know, correcting the wrongs that we cause people. 
If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Remember, it was agreed at the beginning we'd go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. This is where I had my guys turn to page two of the big book where we had them write the, you know, that first time we hooked up and they're all excited. Oh, I can't do the book. I'm, I'm going to do the book. I'm so excited. I have them write down, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get and stay sober. This is one of those times where I hold them to that promise. This is where we're going to get deep. And we're going through the list and they're sort of hemming and hawing a little bit. And I'm just, so come on, let's, we got God with us. You can do this stuff. Probably there are still some misgivings. We look over the list of business acquaintances of friends we have hurt. We may feel diffident about going to some of them on a spiritual basis. I'm not finding that when I'm working with guys in the book. When I'm bringing guys to the book and we get into steps eight and nine, I'm not sensing any hesitation. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing some, gee, I don't think I'm, think I'm ever going to be able to come up with that money. Or, gee, I don't think I'm ever going to see that person. But when you bring people through the book, I think that's, I'm not bumping into that. My guys tend to be willing to do whatever it takes at this point in time. Like I said, remember, they're just like just coming off of six and seven. They'll do practically anything at this point in time. Let us be assured to some people we need not or probably should not emphasize the spiritual feature on the first approach. See, this whole eight and nine sort of works in and around with each other. Um, the whole process of the A step is just starting the groundwork for step nine. Now, step nine is going to take us a little bit more information. We'll be able to actually run with it a little bit more. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm, gonna, I'm going to um, open this up for conversations on people who've done with the Steps 8 because there's, there's uh, a lot of growth that we can share that we've done with ourselves, you guys don't mind, because it's, it's getting more technical, and um, I think I'd like to hear from some of you guys. So if you guys want to jump in, we have a little conversation, let's try that out. They don't want to jump too much into 9 because that's going to be a hoot, and, and 8 and 9 just sort of get stuck into each other. I just want to bring that up because if you look at 8 step, it's just this really basic thing. You know, just made a list of persons we had hurt. Who had to write a list to, to the to the drug of choice in rehab? You know, goodbye letter, you know, and those types of things. Who had to make a list of people you screwed over in rehab? You know, did they, did they have you, like, making an, an A-step list in rehab? Did you, could you do that before you had, like, done four, five, six, and seven? No, see, this is all about God, and this is the cool thing about this. We talked about this, and it's impossible. Well, it's very difficult to talk about step eight without just like sliding into step nine because it's so basic. But if we take everything we did before that, you know, everything that's built me up to a point where I've got this relationship with God now, and I can take accountability for the things I did, and I can put the word, yes, put them on paper, right? I'll talk about it, but writing that stuff out on paper, that just, that cements it in gold. And I got this relationship with this guy who's been taking me through the book, right? Doctors, at forward to the first, two and a half hours. Doctor's opinion, three hours, two and a half hours, you know. Bill's story, a couple, three hours. There's a solution, more about alcoholism. We agnostics, how it works, well, that's a four hour. Um, into action. We're talking 21, 24, 25 hours sitting one-on-one -on -one with my sponsor, you know? This is a guy who knows me. He's going to be able to massage that list out of me appropriately. I'd say, go home and make a list. I'm going to come with this pathetic little thing, you know? But sitting down one-on-one -on -one with this. See, I just love this big book sponsorship, this ability to sit down and work with people and build a list that's appropriate, that has everything on it. It's all direct result that at this point in time, I have a relationship with God. And I can do something with it. Because what good is having a relationship with God if I don't do anything, right? What's the good of going through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous if you sit on your butt and you don't bring anybody else through the steps? I completed the steps and I want to go back to college. You know? There's people that need your assistance. This is, you know, this is all about work, helping. Yeah, go back to college and, and get a good job. 
but work with newcomers. The whole purpose of this is to get you in a relationship with God so you can help other people and have an amazing life. So I'm actually able to do an eight-step list now because I've got God working with me and i got a sponsor that I'm actually honest and, I ha- and holds me accountable. Otherwise, that whole eight-step list would have been like three people. You talked about that the mask that we have, you know? Why am I going to go make these amends? That's what we talk about when the list... I need to go talk to her. Why? Well, because we ended on such bad terms and stuff like that. So what is she going to get out of that other than be reminded? Right? Oh, remember how I just screwed your life up and did all that shit? Yeah, sorry, and out the door we go. You know, none of that. That's so there's this teamwork of, of your sponsor and God and honesty, the accountability that comes through. So I, I hope you guys got a little something out of that that, there's a bunch of different ideas of what the eighth step is, and it's hard to have just a pure eighth step without sliding into the ninth step. But when it gets right down to it, I've got God in my life. You know, I started off early saying we had to be really careful because we got too much God in our life. You never get enough God, but we're you know we're, we need to have somebody to hold us accountable and push us on the path correctly. So um, when we're in the men's process, when I go to someone with my um, with my wrongs and I lay it on the table and I give them time to respond back to me whatever they say i have to have to respect because i'm not saying that poop poop my mom is like it but remember i'm connected to god and i got some character defects floating out here right bad character defects i am in this process of character building see i anything i had a problem with as a little kid i just snuck out the back door i stole or drank or did something so my maturity level was never really built because i had no character because i was not doing anything character worthy you know, I was lying, cheating, stealing, manipulating. I wasn't, so I had this. So we look at steps eight and nine as this sort of like rapid kindergarten. Mm-hmm. I learned what it's like to have a character. And by character, is being honest, respectful, kind, and considerate. And I learned that by doing the nine-step amends. My parents were like that, you know, just like, and I honor them for that, you know. But I get a hell of a lot more out of sitting in front of somebody that I screwed over big money, <clears throat> meet somebody in a park in the public, and have a conversation and take and explain my wrong to it and then get chewed out for a while and not go, yeah, but. See, we're sliding to step nine again. Mm-hmm. Eight, nine, it's made. We're going to have fun next week. Thanks. <laughs> Mike will be here for the next four, four, four weeks. Four weeks.